Welcome to the Asbury Park Vibes podcast. Asbury Park Vibes is dedicated to sharing information about the live music scene in the Asbury Park area, as well as the bands who've traveled through. Asbury Park Vibes can be found on the web at asburyparkvibes.com, where you will find music reviews, photographs, and interviews of the music we find engaging, interesting, and enjoyable. We thank you for tuning in, downloading, or just stumbling upon our podcast. This is Doug Drescher for Asbury Park Vibes and uh, my little slice of heaven here, seen and heard. And we're welcoming, we're welcoming today Doug Zambone from the Van Saders. So welcome, Doug. Well, I had a cigarette while I watch you slinging blues. Undress you with my eyes, though I won't make a move. This is uh, Doug's one of his first uh, Zoom interviews, I suppose. So we're very excited. So, Doug, what are you, what are you up to in the lockdown? How are you keeping? Uh, how are you keeping busy? I'm still working. So, honestly, not a lot in terms of my day to day has changed that much. What what uh, what do you call your day job? I work at like a physical rehab center. Um, I'm, I play games with people recovering from surgeries. Okay. So do you, get, do you get dressed up in uh, Kevlar and plastic wrap? Uh, we're wearing masks for the whole day. Um, yeah, ma- mostly just masks, depending, like, you know, if bleaching the hell out of everything. Sure. Well, so, so you're one of those people who are indispensable, and we appreciate that you get up and go out every day. That's what they say. <laughs> so, and you do that full-time and maintain a full career as a rock and roll star. I do that full time. Yeah. <laughs> it's definitely a little different now though. I spend most of the day making uh face shields for the next. Okay. Oh, that's terrible. All right. Well, it'll give you something to do. Yeah. So that's good stuff. You're, you're doing it. So, um, so tell us about the Van Saders and, and how you got started and, and your connection to Asbury. You're certainly one of the fixtures of Asbury park. I've seen you in about eight different venues. So how did you uh, how did you end up where you are before everyone caught a virus? Well, um, so I'm from the area. I grew up for the most part in Ocean Township, 
Allenhurst area. Um, the band actually started in New York City. Me and my buddy John Redmond started it. He kind of put together the the rest of the lineup, and we so we were based out of New York. We played all the time, exclu- pretty much exclusively in New York for a little while, uh, two or three years, and they were um, about ten years older than me, eight to ten years older than me. So they started getting married, having kids, stuff like that, moving. <laughs> so I started a new lineup and that was about, I was living in Brooklyn at the time. And when I was with the original lineup and I moved back home, found a new lineup in Queens. So I was commuting up to Queens once a week, which was a bitch. That was brutal. Uh, but we were doing that for a while and kind of fizzled and started the lineup down here that we have now so when when you move uh, from one town to another how do you find like-minded musicians is it just being part of the scene well you know what to advertise it was hard i mean you know for for a while while i was back home i was still you know what now i'm getting a little mixed up i actually had the original lineup barring maybe one member while I was down here also for a little bit. So, you know, we did play a few shows down here. So, I, you know, I had been on the scene here for a few years before I developed the lineup that's based down here. Um, but yeah, I, I definitely, it was hard to find the right people, you know, like this area has such a ton of great musicians, but not everybody's the right fit. And it was hard for a bit, but uh, I lucked out, you know, I knew my buddy Brent Bergholm from Battery Electric. He recommended Jay Maranzino, my drummer. And then Jay knew our bass player, Kyle, brought Kyle in. And then Declan, I just knew Declan for years, but Declan was, you know, 16, 17 when I met him. And I always knew he would fit. Um, you, you just had to wait for him to cook a little bit. I, exactly. I just had to wait for him. Once we got Kyle and Jay, it was kind of like, all right, Declan's ready now. Now he can do it. And he was in. That's it. He was definitely the most prepared <laughs> out of anybody. Well, he, he was waiting. He was waiting such a long time to uh, to get started. Yeah, he showed up. I, I always say this. Anytime anybody asks me this, I always bring it up. I remember the first time he came to practice, he like knew all the songs. It was crazy. So he was a fan before he was a band member. I mean, we had played shows with his previous band, Karina Karina. So I I always honestly thought of him as a peer. He never really struck me as a fan. But yeah. Yeah, What I I find interesting, I didn't know that you had sort of gone through Brooklyn and Queens. Yeah. Because I I think you sound much more like a Jersey Shore kind of rock band than than what Brooklyn has been producing recently. I guess that's part of the reason I came back home. <laughs> I mean, honestly, I, I've i never thought, I don't really know what we sound like. I don't know. But people have said that we sound like a Jersey band. And yeah, the Brooklyn scene, I mean, I guess it's like any any big city scene, you know? It's just so huge and so scattered that like, it's kind of hard to get your foot in the door, you know? Like, even if you get on a great show, like there's so much shit going on every night 
of all different sort of music, it's kind of tough, you know? Well, I think the Jersey Shore has more of that reputation of being rock and roll as opposed to being sort of an, an art rocky thing. Yeah, for sure. Uh, and uh, the sense I get, I've seen you guys a dozen times, it seems like. Uh, and I think your connections go more towards uh, the sort of the 50s rock and roller. I think some of your songs even sound like sort of Irish shantytown tunes almost uh, in the way they're sort of body and they sort of rock up and down. So I think you, you certainly found a home in Asbury. For sure. Definitely. I definitely feel way more at home in the scene and not, not just because I'm from here and I've been in the scene for a long time, but I definitely feel more musically at home here than I ever did, you know, in Brooklyn. So how long has this lineup been together? It's been a while now. This is definitely the longest lineup. Um, I think about five years or going close to five years. And you guys have had some, some pretty good gigs. What are some of the, the bigger shows that you've played around here? Uh, punk rock bowling was probably the biggest. Um, that was a cool experience. Crazy experience. It was a good time. Uh, that was great. I would say the uh, Dillinger four was a great show at House Independence. That was amazing. Was that when you guys dressed like priests? To be honest with you, I don't know. Because we played two shows dressed as priests. One of them was Halloween. One of them was like, I don't know, the day before or the week before. And we just did it anyway. I don't remember which was which. But maybe. That's very possible. So you also do a lot of shows with some local bands. What are some of the local bands that you like playing around with or going on mini tours with? We just played with late waves, our record release show. They're a great band. Um, buddy Alex Rosen's band, whose name is really difficult to say. I don't think there's a real way to say it, but I'm going to look it up right now on my phone because if I don't try, I'm going to feel like an asshole later. Let's see. It's K Q H Y T K Q H Y T. Cute, cute. Cute, cute. Let's go with that. I'll, I'll go with that. I would say the shows uh, we've toured, the bands we've toured the most with are uh, Crib Keeper 5. They're awesome dudes. Awesome band. Doc Rotten. Awesome dudes. Also awesome band. I, I was thinking that you should be in a like a bowling league and uh, play Bobby Mahoney in the Seventh Son as, as the opposing as the opposing bowling team because it I'm seems down. like you're you're in that you're sort of in the same ballpark at at the very least. I'm in for that. Get Bobby <laughs> on here. We'll talk. Uh, you know when we can start bowling in a year. Yeah, we'll <laughs> we'll have our own punk rock bowling. <laughs> so, um, before Virus Town hit, what were you guys working on? What were you thinking about doing this summer? So, we. In, in a way, lucked out. In a way, got screwed like everybody else. So, <clears throat> excuse me. We were just getting done finishing a record. It actually got mastered maybe like two weeks into quarantine, something like that. Mm -hmm. So now we're kind of stuck with that, and we don't really know what to do with it. Because, you know, unfortunately, like, who knows when we're going to be able to play shows again? Like, I don't really know. Are you thinking of releasing it now just to get it out there? Or are you going to hold it until there's something you could back it up with? Well, you know what? We wanted to do a full, it's just a full length record and we wanted to put it on vinyl. So ah, we're, we're torn, honestly. I don't know. We've already put out two songs from it and we do have plans to put out another one. 
but I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. But anyway, I, I was saying that we kind of lucked out. Reason being, we finished the record and, you know, we planned to take a little break because Kyle, our bass player, was about to and just did have a kid. Oh, that's wonderful. Yeah, it's awesome. So we were kind of ready to be like, all right, a few months, we're going to chill, then put out the record and, you know, get back to work. So now, you know, in a way, we didn't miss out on any gigs, so that's good, but we're stuck with the record, so. I don't know. <laughs> can, can you go that long without performing or would you go out and do some solo stuff as well? Well, I've been, well, that's the thing. I don't know if we're going to have shows. You know what I mean? Like do solo sets where other than Facebook live or Instagram, you know, have you been I mean, getting I, a good feedback on the Facebook live? Cause I've been seeing some pretty good performances on Facebook yeah, recently. It's been fun. Uh, you know, honestly, I don't, I haven't figured it out yet. Like, I think there's ways to, like, share your live performance while it's happening. Not into, like, live groups. I'm not quite... If anybody knows who watches this, if you know... They though, should uh, get in touch with you. Let me know, because I would love to, to, you know, figure that out. But, I mean, as far as solo shows go, I love playing solo. You know, I always have fun doing that. That's part of what I do at work, you know? Like, I entertain, play games with, uh, you know, people recovering from surgeries. I also just play music for them too. You Do you have a ukulele or a small acoustic to bring in with you to work? It's a regular acoustic. <laughs> so with, with the band, who do you, um, who do you find to be your, uh, your biggest influences? Who, who do you look up to? Who do you admire? Uh, it's, you know, I, I never know what to say. Cause there's so many bands that like, I feel like I take from, you know, that I really like and kind of made me the musician I am. Um, but my go-tos are Social D, Gaslight, Alkaline Trio, Frank Turner. That's that's kind of where I think we generated kind of our style, I guess. Sure. And Brian Brian Fallon has been around a lot. Have you had a chance to bump into him or share your music with him? You know, I bumped into him once uh, at Danny Clinch Gallery. But, you know, I'm not... It's hard. It's hard to go up to somebody and just start talking about your band, isn't it? I just, you know, I don't, no part of me wants to do that. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't know. I, I certainly, talk. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I'm not trying to like sell myself and sure. that's probably, I probably should, but I don't, I don't know. I'm just not like that. Yeah. But I'm sure you've met musicians and people who, when they're always selling themselves, it just seems so insincere. Any conversation you have, cause you're always waiting for them to ask you for money and you don't, want to do that and there's something honorable about that it, ex that's exactly yeah that's how i feel you know i'm not because that's not really what i'm looking for you know <laughs> like especially if it's someone like brian found like i respect brian found as a songwriter i you know I, I like a lot of gaslight i like some of his solo stuff you know that's not who i want to bother <laughs> about sure. you know like now, what about, uh, have you been uh, privy or uh, connected to any of the many Bruce Springsteen sightings around uh, Asbury Park? You know what, he's here so often. And that's that's one, Bruce is, is one of those things where like, I'll go out of my way not to bother him. You know what I mean? Sure. Like I've been at a show where someone, I think the promoter came up to me, they're like, Bruce is here. You know, she go talk to him. I'm like, dude, I don't. What are you going to say? Like, I just, I got nothing to say. You know, what am I going to say? I like your music. 
great. So does everybody else in the room. Like, whatever, you know? Like, I just want the dude to enjoy his night, you know? Sure, sure. Uh, one of the other influences I find, and I think you actually did a version of them, is I hear a lot of the uh, clash uh, coming out of uh, of your amplifiers as well, that straight rock and roll, but there's also... There's also a social message in there. So could I talk about your connection to Joe Strummer and The Clash. Love The Clash. I, I've been playing uh, Johnny Appleseed, uh, one of his songs with the Mescaleros. For I, I have to tell you, that that is absolutely my my favorite solo Joe Strummer song. It's such a great tune. I, it's an amazing song. I've been playing that song for, I don't know, 14 years live. You know, like, he's amazing. I love Joe Strummer, but um, yeah, the Clash definitely influences us, and also like I would say individually too. Like as individual musicians, the Clash definitely has had an impact on all of us. Um, we did a Clash cover set for Convention Hell last year. That was so much fun. That was so fun getting ready for and then actually doing. Mm -hmm. uh, were you at that by any chance? No, I, there's some shows that. Uh... When you're a guy in your mid-50s with kids, uh, there are some evenings that you just can't get out of the house. Fair enough, fair enough. Um, but that was awesome. We played we played at Convention Hall, at, at Convention Hall, and I don't know if you know, but The Clash played there also. Yeah, so that, yeah. That was cool. And there were people there who had seen that show that The Clash did and saw us, and they were all about it, which was awesome. Oh, that that's very cool. Yeah, and, and then actually, maybe a couple days before I asked Peter Mantis from Asbury Park Yacht Club if we could come and play again the same night. So yeah. after the convention hell show, we walked down the boardwalk and just plugged into the gear that was there from the previous show. It was uh, Cranston Dean and I can't remember the other person that was hosting the night. And just did an impromptu set? We just did the same set <laughs> and it was so fun. Well, I think that's even cool that, you know, it, it's like this resurgence in Asbury Park. There, there's some issues with it, with sort of the corporations taking over. But there's yeah. also this subset of musicians that all seem to know each other who are all really friendly. And the fact that you could walk in and be like, hey, can we do a gig here now and use your gear? You know, I think that's great that everybody's sort of in that same boat. Yeah, it's amazing, man. I mean, like, that's that's why it's a music town, you know, like that wouldn't fly in other places. No, they'd probably throw you out of the building. <laughs> yeah. Like the show's over. <laughs> so, um, if I wanted to, um, feature a song here, what, uh, Oh, hold on. I hit the wrong button. What would be a good example of a tune to play? Uh, I have my YouTube page up here. What would you like us to uh, to take a listen to that you think is a good sampling of who the Van Saders are? I would say, you know, we just put out Red and Blue. And we're getting good feedback on that. We actually got on a Spotify editorial playlist. Oh, that must know, be thrilling when people you don't know acknowledge you. So, first of all, absolutely. But... Second of all, I'm pretty sure a Brazilian made this playlist, like that works <laughs> because yeah. all the plays are coming from Brazil. It's nuts. All our like top cities, everything is Brazil now. It's crazy. That's that's bizarre. Yeah. All right. Why don't you introduce what we're about to hear again? 
Red and Blue by the Van Saders. that everything would be how I always saw it stay alive and singing Jay and your father I've been working hard been taking my time but this not five don't stop the words in my mind red eye blue shines on you and there's nothing nothing left to do so red eye Doug, can you hear me okay? Yep. So uh, tell us about the song. Uh, first, who did the, let's give credit, who did the video for you? I gotta be honest with you, this is someone we just found online. I can go up a little in like, Middle East. <laughs> but how, how do you find somebody online to do video for you? Or did they just make it? They, you know, they made it. Um, trying to think there's like a website where you basically can request whatever you need no matter what it is and you'll get like search results of people who supply that service oh that's fine it's really i i'm sure you may end up making a, a like a live version of the video but you know it, it really uh i think it fits the song well where, where did you record this we recorded this with pete steinkoff and right he's down. from, um, uh, what, I'm sorry, I'm a moron for the Bouncing second. Souls. What's that? Bouncing Souls. Bouncing Souls. He's he's another sort of uh, big influence behind that, the Asbury sound, right? Sure, Pete is the man. I love Pete. He's such a great dude, and he's, I wouldn't want to work with anybody else. Like, as so an engineer, producer, he's the man. How did you end up meeting him? Uh, let me think back here. All right, so it's kind of a weirdly not local story. Okay. So my buddy Mike Lagaki, he was the original rhythm guitar player in Van Sater. So when we had the original New York lineup, and he had another band called Habits. I think it's, yeah, it was Habits that he did with Pete. Anyways, he, I was living at home at the time, still commuting up to go to practice. And he asked me if I could stop by Pete's to pick up like a, uh, a flash drive of files. And that's how I met Pete. And then I think I, I encountered Pete a second time. I think the, those guys came down and recorded again or some, something like that. And I met him that time too. So then at that point, and you know, Battery Electric guys had recorded with him. 
So at that point, I kind of was, we're in the same circles. So then I just went from there. He seems like a, an imminently approachable fella. He is the nicest guy in the world. He's the man. And I got to tell you, even just listening to the that track, you know, the fact that there's no uh, skate and surf or there's no uh, warp tour. I mean, if there's ever been a band that could be successful on the warp tour, it would be your band. I mean, that would that's the kind of music kids like to form a, you know, big pit and just have fun and, and rock out to. We get real excellent timing, you know, real good timing. <laughs> it's well you know something will step up you know there's got to be something and i imagine at some point when everyone's allowed out of the house again everyone's going to be really chomping at the bit to uh to uh to go see live music i, I can't wait you guys are going to be pretty busy <laughs> yeah it's going to be a lot of fun uh tell us for a second for those of us who don't know where does the name van saders come from i wish i had a good story for you it's just the last name of our old drummer that's it <laughs> so so you're sort of like the Asbury Park version of Van Halen. Yeah, I suppose so. But uh, Declan is a better guitar player. Well, you know, I I, I guess uh so so when you guys get together, do you um do you write a song or have the kernel of the idea or do you just jam and put songs together? What's the process for you guys? So I'll well up until recently I would usually write you know, the meat of the song and then we would hash it out whole band and you know it would end up changing for sure but i would have the basic structure down but now come this full-length album declan's been writing too and he's been singing lead on him too okay so, but it's been this similar process so he'll come in with like a full more or less i'm not gonna say done but you know sort of a, semi, a semi-cooked idea and then you guys sort of stir the pot a little bit exactly and uh, and for anybody who's who happens to be watching this uh i've talked to doug about this before uh he gets a gorgeous sound out of that he's got a a gorgeous telecaster with p90 pickups i i love your guitar it's a beautiful sounding instrument. i i love you know, man. i appreciate it i love that thing that was that was my best musical purchase maybe second to the amp i don't know now, I, and i know this is getting geeky here but what what amp are you playing through Say Fender Deluxe Hot Rod. Okay, and that's and that's all tube. Yeah, ah, it's yeah. got to be all tube. <laughs> yeah, that was actually a cool story. So, um, I don't remember when I tried that amp first, but I, anyways, I basically needed a new amp. I just so happened to try that amp, and I was like, "All right, I got to get this amp because this worked." how I wanted it to work. I wasn't even like I would, I needed an amp, but I wasn't looking for an amp when I tried that out, but I tried it and that was the amp I needed. So Declan actually found a listing, I think on Facebook for the same amp and it ended up being across the street from a practice space. <laughs> well, so you were meant to meet the amp. Yeah. I just went across the street paid for it and just walked it right back. It was awesome. Well, I'll, I'll, you know, I'll give you credit. Um, when, when we see a band like yours, you're tight, you're very well rehearsed. The sound is nicely balanced. Uh, and I've seen you in a couple of different venues with different quality PA systems, but you always pull it off. Uh, when you guys it. played at the house of independence, I mean, that's the sort of thing I wish you can get a board recording and just release a live album because it sounded like you got it. You guys 
and most importantly, you guys had a great time playing. You enjoy playing. I, I think that's uh, I think that's a good idea. I think next time we play house, that should probably happen. I yeah, love that recording. Jim Jim great. does a great job with the uh, sound there. Jim is awesome. He's also really good at he he's done like int- um, introduction announcements for us. Well, he's he's hilarious. He he's insane they're so funny he's so good at it too like it, with with no prep he just gets it like when we played as priests he had the gregorian chants going and he was yeah. introducing us like a like it was a sermon have you had a chance to see his uh he does an online trivia uh, i know zoom it's called trivia hubbub i gotta try that out he he was meant to have a, a sort of a cable a local cable show or late night talk show uh, for him um so uh do you have a guitar nearby can you give us a, a tune yeah give me one second sure take your time so tell us what you're gonna do and then uh, we'd love to hear a tune all right this song is called this song is oh, hold on right, how's that is that good looking That's... good you want you want to close the closet door so we don't see what you're hiding back there Uh, this song is called My Old Friend, and this is actually going to be on the new record. All right. When I wake up and you're no longer there, the darkness takes its toll. I pay in full, I drift into despair. And pick a little song to ease the load. A friend of mine reminds me we're just little specks of dust. And nothing's gone and nothing's ever lost. And if you're needing comfort, just take a look around. You're not gone. I just can't hear you anymore. Whoa, oh, oh. My old friend, I see you again In the park, in the trees, and in the sand My old friend, I see you again When I look back on all those times we had So pretty rough, that's for sure You pulled me through Insisted on my care and hard until the lights return alone. A friend of mine reminds me we're just little specks of dust, and nothing's gone and nothing's ever lost. And if you're needing comfort, just take a look around, you're not gone. I just can't hear you anymore. Oh, 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 my old friend, I see you again. In the park, in the trees, and in the sand. My old friend, I see you again. Oh, that was absolutely wonderful, Doug. Thank you for sharing that. I appreciate that. <laughs> there, are, there are two influences 
that I hear in that that you uh, that you didn't mention uh, up front is uh, what is your uh, interest with say like Jeff Tweedy and what Wilco's been doing the last few years? I like Wilco, but I'm not um, I'm not a diehard Wilco guy. Yeah, I probably would be. I listen more. But, you know, I like a lot of stuff like that. You know, I, I'm a, I grew up on Bob Dylan, Arlo Guthrie. Well, I was going to say the, the finger picking is definitely from an Arlo Guthrie kind of piece. And, and the, the, the lyrics definitely come out of like that Dylan-esque sort of biographical piece. Yeah, I love all that stuff. And honestly, I've been, since quarantine, I've been playing a lot more of finger pick stuff. Not necessarily like that, but that's kind of been what I've been primarily doing. Now, did you, um, did you teach yourself guitar or are you a product of lessons? I took lessons. I took lessons with different people. I was kind of all over the place. I'm actually about to begin again, believe it or not. What are you look, what are you looking to get better at as you, uh, go back to lesson taking? So I've always been into like, uh, folk blues, like, uh, blind Willie McTell. Uh, Mississippi John Hurt stuff like that so I'm working on uh, I want to work on stuff like that and a little like ragtime very different stuff not you know what I usually play but that's why I need work on it <laughs> well I you know anybody who's interested in Mississippi John Hurt is okay with me uh, <laughs> you'll have to lose a few teeth along the way if you want to become a little bit more authentic um that's true I just learned, uh, if you know the tune, Let the Mermaids Flirt With Me, I just learned that uh, last week. What I, what I find interesting in, in listening to even the really old Delta Blues is, you know, these people, they didn't take lessons, but damn it, they are so good. It's impressive, man. Uh, I was watching, what the hell was it about? I was watching a documentary, oh, on uh, Piedmont Blues, so like Blind Willie McTell. And... There were these women who were being interviewed. And I, I think this interview was done in like the 70s or th this whole documentary. It was like definitely an older documentary that was just put on YouTube. And they were saying that they would sit around when they were growing up in like, I think the 20s, they would sit around and play for like three hours every day, like after work, like with friends and family. Like that was just what they did with their time, you know, when they weren't working. And I just feel like, you know, there's so much going on in modern day life. Like you don't, at least I don't, I don't have that kind of time. Like I just don't have it regularly. Oh, it's, there's, there's bills and it, it's interesting. We have an, a culture that is connected at the speed of light, but more, more separated than ever before. Yeah. Especially now with the coronavirus, it's crazy. Well, the house gets smaller as the day goes on, right? All of a sudden there's not too many rooms to sit in. Uh, have you, uh, what's have, funny is since, this whole, since the whole coronavirus the quarantine, uh, even though I'm working, I'm finding that I'm playing way more like in that way, I guess. Cause you know, I can't go anywhere. I can't, I'm going to work, but once I'm done with work, like I, there's nowhere for me to go. So like, I've noticed I've been playing way more, which is great. Well, there's, there's just so much television you can absorb before your brain goes soft, right? 
That's true. And you know what? I, I, I love TV. I could spend all my time doing that easily, but sure. I got other things that I like to do. And like, you know, especially what got me going during quarantine, I was playing another Mississippi John Hurt song. I learned how to play um, Steel Driver Blues, which took a while. So I was just would sit there all day. I mean, all day, all, all the free time that I have here. My my girlfriend had a dream about with that song going on. My boss at work had a dream with that song going on. Oh, that's funny. Yeah. Um, one of the things that I, I had a really great experience at one of your shows is I, I bumped into your mom. Nice. And I got to tell you, I don't think I've met a parent so proud of their kid. When you were up on stage, she was just glowing. She is the best. My mom is the best. And she gave you the time to rock and roll star and, and air guitar in the house when you were growing up? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, she always let me play as much as I wanted to. And, you know, I mean, when I was a kid, like, just starting to play, I mean, that's really all I spent my time with, you know? I just played, and, you know, or listened. I would say equal parts, maybe. I don't know. I don't know what I did more, playing or listening to music, but that's really what I spend all my time with. Well, what, what did your mom turn you on to by way of music? What did she bring to the table? She just put me on all sorts of things. Um, you know, one of the first concerts I can remember going to was Santana at PNC. Oh, that must be a great show. It was awesome. But they didn't have Rob Thomas, and I really liked that song Smooth, so I was a little bummed, but <laughs> it was awesome. I saw Santana. I remember she took me to see uh, Mark Anthony, which he's not a big influence on me, but like, that was a great show. Like I remember being a kid and just being like, wow, that's awesome. You know? Well, but he puts on a, a whole, it's a yeah. performance. It's, it's a spectacle. He's intense. You know, it's like he, it's crazy. Chicago. She would take me to see Chicago at least once. That was incredible. Sure. Oh, that's, that's wonderful. Uh, so have you heard some of the difficult news about the saint? What's your, uh, what's your feeling about what's going on there? It's terrible, man. I mean, I, I hope that things work out. I, I read something that they put online today that sounded hopeful. So I'm hoping everything's okay. But yeah, the Saint, I, I feel like the Saint is underappreciated. I mean, it is the heart and soul of the town. People think Stone Pony is, Stone Pony is run by corporations. Like, you know, that's not the real deal. The Saint is the real deal. And yeah. I really just hope it works out that they can reopen and stay exactly how they are because they don't need to change a thing. There, there seems to be some legitimate discussion of sort of backers and all, but I, I think, you know, with people not going out and people not working, even when these places open up, I think people are going to be a little nervous about being in a small club with a bunch of sweaty drunk people. I don't know how close I want to be to everybody in a crowd. So Agreed. You know, there, no, I know. There's, there's a certain it's scary. Way. It's a scary situation. No, it's 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 no fun. You no, know, like the thing with with the saint to me though is, you know, like if the saint goes, then what do you got? You know, everybody starts at the saint. You know, there's nobody in town who didn't start at the saint. You know, that's that's like the, you know, the lanes was like that. A lot of people got their start at the lanes. Did you lanes get a chance? Down. Did you play at the Asbury Lanes before it switched over? I did. Juicy Jen was very much uh, 
sort of the heart and soul of of local bands getting their sea legs and and you know i i know they put on great shows there but no matter what anybody says it's not the same certainly agreed and it unfortunately never will be but that's makes the saint all that more important sure so once uh so once we get out and and you're allowed out and you release your record uh if if there's a possibility are you looking for a a, a tour or sort of what's next for the next couple of years for the van zaders i think what we want to do is tour regionally get out of jersey for sure um go up as far as boston i'd love to go back to tennessee we played tennessee last year um how that's often, pretty much how where we're at have, how often have you been able to get out as a band uh the reason i ask it is there, there's a certain fame that you can achieve in asbury that doesn't necessarily uh flow out into you know 10 miles outside of asbury and you, you could get a sort of a false sense of greatness, you know, because the town is so supportive. So have you been able to get away from Asbury and bring it on the road? I know that, that feeling, um, not nearly as much as we'd like to. I mean, I would love to do that all the time, but it's just, you know, it's hard, man. It's hard to do it. Well, especially if band members have kids and you have a full-time job, it's... Yeah, but even if you even if you get out there, it's tough, man, because, you know, you're not making money. <laughs> it's not going to happen for potentially ever. You know what I mean? It's, a, it's such a huge gamble to do it. You know, kudos to any band who's able to regularly tour. Like, they're troopers, man. Well, no, certainly nobody's making money from what they must pay from Spotify. So the, the sure. whole... The whole music industry used to be making money from sales and, and you would tour for the sales. And now essentially you're hoping to make some money on the tours. And when you're starting out, you know, you're just hoping a few people buy t-shirts so you can feed each other and uh, put some gas in the van. Honestly, all, all I really, I don't, I don't even care about that. I would just, my whole thing is getting the mu people to hear the music. You know what I mean? That's all I'm about, you know? So I'm about just, listening you know I, live shows are clearly the best i there's nothing i like more than playing live but you know as far as like you're talking about spotify like making the money off the spotify i don't i don't care that much about the money on spotify i would just like people to hear the stuff that we create you know what i mean so you're more you're a performer at heart and whatever comes from that is okay too exactly well um that was my list of things. Is there anything else you want, uh, you know, whoever stumbles across this to know about the Van Zaders? Uh, we're big in Brazil.
John Henry was a steel driving man. Oh, he went down. Yes, he went down. 